Red Owl Nation, you are now listening to the Owl Chat Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything Kennesaw State Athletics, with your hosts, Kai Millette and John Finer. And welcome back. It is midweek time here on the Owl Chat Podcast. We've got a whole list of news and notes for you guys today. It's Tennessee State Week. We've got volleyball news to go over. We've got soccer news to go over. Um, as always, I am joined by my co-host and partner, John Finer, and once again by producer Nick, who has been able to join us in the studio today. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? I am doing great. Uh, Kai, did you get your um, Zoom back from the Russians? I sure did. <laughs> um, uh, we meant to touch on this last episode, but uh, only reason I figured out that's who it was was I kept on getting calls on week all week from like a plus eighty four area code number, which turns out to be the 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 Russian, whatever whatever. Um, and I was like, oh, this is a little weird. And then try and log into my Zoom account, and it's you know the verification number is plus eighty four dot 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 dot. And I was like, okay, they somehow got a hold of my Zoom. Not sure how that happened, but you know, got my computer back working, got the Zoom back working, so it's business as usual. I'm I'm glad I had the uh, Zoom account as a backup. Uh, thank you to my company for letting me do this. Don't tell yeah. them, please. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you to uh, John's company. Um, before we get into the errors and omissions, John, I'm going to go ahead and just give some of these new listeners kind of a rundown of what we do here on the midweek episode, because uh, we've had a bunch of either new listeners who have just found the show or listeners who have returned after hearing our early days when we were still, you know, kind of feeling things out and have come back after um, wanting to hear people complain about uh, the state of the football program. Um, yeah, so this is our midweek episode. We go over everything you need to know around Kennesaw State Athletics. Uh, there's not much that <laughs> slips under what we see, especially John. It's like a wizard on Twitter. So yeah, um, we tend to be a little bit more laid back and just talk and you know go over and, everything that we need to go over. And if you guys haven't been tuning in lately, we suck a lot less than when we started. Uh, but I'm sure we suck a lot more now than we'll suck in a year. So, uh, you know, that's my goal, just to com- decrease the suckage every episode. Absolutely. That all being said, John, I know you got some errors and omissions to run through. Yes, just a few. They're not really errors or omissions, but I feel this is the right segment for it. Um, on Monday's podcast, we mentioned briefly, or I mentioned briefly, that Al Hogan's Instagram said Kennesaw State 2025, so he might have two years to play. Um Actually, somebody messaged me. Thank you, Ethan, for sending me the picture. He confirmed that Al Hogan, when he uh, put out his notice to transfer in the portal, said he had two years of eligibility left. So assuming he wants to come back, uh, he'll be joining us next year in Conference USA. So that is good news for continuity. And also, shout out to Twitter user, not X, Twitter, I'm going to say it, uh, at Papacone Jr. for uh, sending me free tickets for this weekend's homecoming game. So I will be there if anybody wants to uh, meet up or say hey. I believe that's going to be the first time that all three of us are in attendance. Assuming Nick is also going to be there with the band. I am. I'm actually running the uh, the homecoming. They're doing alumni day for uh, for the band, so I'm going to be doing a lot of uh, stuff with that. A lot of people coming back for this, so it should be fun. Fantastic. Yeah. Keep keep three perspectives. I'm sure Nick will be watching on TV. Uh, Nick Prada, that is. So we'll have four perspectives. Yes, Nick, our our regular guest on the uh, post game show, former Kennesaw State Owl. So hopefully, I'm hoping that he'll be watching on TV. But if he wants to make it there, that's great. But like you said, it's always great to have that TV perspective. But I'm I'm strongly considering, you know, 
if we play well, I'm going to rewatch it Sunday morning um, before the Falcons game. And I'm just going to assume they play at one. So, you know, I believe they do um, better than 930. Um, anyways, with that all being said, we can get right into the flyover, starting with some recent NCAA rule changes, some of which we knew of and some of which we did not know of. Um, so for starters, the NCAA is going to shorten the transfer portal window from 60 to 45 total days in both FCS and FBS football and 60 to 45 consecutive days for men's and women's basketball. Um, other sports uh, we are awaiting confirmation on, I believe. Um, the NCAA announces another expected change. Uh, they will make the permanent two-year temporary waiver, allowing coaches to sign as many players as they want as long as they remain at or under the 85 scholarship limit. This is now a permanent change. Uh, Division one membership requirements were also adopted, most notably the application fee increase programs going to FCS to F from FCS to FBS will now pay up to five million dollars um, instead of five thousand dollars. Schools are now required to fund 210 scholarships a year, amounting to no less than six million dollars annually. Obviously, um, as we've talked about a couple of times, this is the one we knew about. And Kennesaw State uh, is exempt from this rule because they made the transition um, officially last year or it underwent you know it, it the process began last year so kennesaw state's okay we will not have to pay the five million dollar entry fee another thing that happened was i'm not sure exactly the specifics but they are dropping the attendance requirement um for fbs schools so it you know maybe isn't the greatest thing to be happy about that from our fan base standpoint is like oh look we don't have to hit a required attendance we're going to be okay um because obviously we want people in the stands uh that being said um, that was a concern. So all good stuff. Um, one more thing before we get into some of the sports going around um, is just some news out of the state of Georgia. Uh, we have become the 30th state to approve NIL for high school athletes. So if any KSU commits want to be guests on our podcast, as John so duly wrote down, we will gladly pay you in, fl in flavor of Skittles or M&Ms of your choosing. So absolutely. We are now allowed to talk to you guys. <laughs> um, with that all being said, uh, we have some positive soccer news. Uh, they went one and one on their Florida road trip, uh, going down to Fort Myers to play Florida Gulf Coast and DeLand to play Stetson um, on Thursday and Saturday, respectively. Kennesaw State would fall to FGCU three to one on Thursday, but the game was uh, actually more competitive than the score would indicate. Uh, we outshot them uh, with 15 total and seven on goal compared to their six. Uh, Kendall Hoskins scored the first goal of her career um, and was assisted by Mai Jensen for the only goal in that game. Um, alas, like I said, we were unable to leave with a victory and fell three to one. Uh, the next game uh, was on Saturday at Stetson, who came in at one, nine and two overall. And at the near the bottom of the conference, they are still ahead of Jacksonville, I believe. Um, but it was a much needed result. We left with a one nothing win. Tiana Rivera became the first owl to score two goals this season. Um, when she put one in during the second half and goalkeeper Alana Bly, who has quietly been having a really nice season that's been overshadowed by um, a lot of losing, picked up her fifth shutout of the year and put soccer at two, seven and four overall with a one, four and one conference record. Uh, this week, they'll return home and they'll host the other two Florida schools in the A-Sun for one final time when North Florida comes up. And then Jacksonville comes up. Jacksonville is last in the conference, sitting at 0-5-1 in conference. So it'll be another chance to get a conference win on the board. Um, in other sports, tennis, the men's team had four players travel out to Tulsa for the pre-qualifying round of the ITA All-American Championships. 
um, including Raul Garcia, Harvey Conway, Hugo Salmarone, and Anthony Weingarten. Uh, Conway fell in the first round of 256. Uh, Salmarone and Weingarten won their first match each, but fell in the round of 128. And then Raul Garcia looked the best advancing to the round of 64 before he was ultimately knocked out. Uh, next up for the men, they will travel to UCF for a meet this weekend. Um, as far as women's tennis goes, uh, nothing happened between the last midweek update and now, but they will travel to Macon for Mercer's Gridiron Classic this weekend. So, John, I know we've got more volleyball to talk about. Maybe not as positive as um, earlier in the season, but go ahead and give us the rundown. Yeah, I've got a lot of volleyball stuff going on. Uh, you know, there's still a solid team can still, you know, take the conference. So, you know, I, I wanted to gather a bunch of notes, but uh, Kennesaw State Volleyball split the weekend series uh, with a win against uh, Stetson on Friday and a loss against FGCU, I believe, on Sunday. Uh, the Owls took both matches to the maximum five sets. Uh, Keith Shunzel, head coach of Kennesaw State Volleyball. Uh, here's a quote that he gave to KSUOwls.com after the win against Stetson. And also thank you to KSUOwls.com and all the people that work there and do all the hard work transcribing this stuff. Uh, we appreciate it. However, if you use AI and don't do this manually by hand, I take back my compliment. Um, so Shunzel told... Uh, Shunzel said after the Stetson game, we rode the roller coaster tonight, was proud of our effort and general mentality in sets four and five, thought we showed some real pride and belief. Overall, though, we've got to work through challenges better. We need to be able to repeat things at a more consistent level, and we need to do a better job of clearing our minds from point to point. Sometimes, though, you got to figure out how to win the game, and tonight we did that. So we'll take it, and we'll get ready for another battle on Sunday. Unfortunately, Sunday's battle did not go as well, and Shunzel did provide another quote. Um, he's a tough game after a long time conference rival. We've had so many battles with these guys or girls over the last decade. Both of our programs have been, have gotten better because of each other. And that's always fun to be a part of today for long stretches uh, or large stretches. We definitely played the best level we have in a couple weeks, which is a positive. We had leads late in sets two and three and weren't able to close partially because we had a number of moments where we were in our own head down the stretch in those sets. That's a pattern we'll need to make a point to change if we want to close out sets and win matches. We frankly very easily could have swept today, but unfortunately didn't have the moxie or composure to finish. And that's frustrating as a coach. I've got to do my part to help our team grow th through that. And we need to stay positive because we have a bunch of league games left to play. Um, I know that was long, but I did want to read it out because I appreciate Keith Shunzel not just, you know, patting everyone on the butt and being like, okay, great job, everyone. Um, you know, being critical is a part of being a coach, and I appreciate that. Um, so the Owls, the Volleyball Owls, fall to one and two in conference play. Up next this weekend is a back-to-back -back on Friday and Saturday in Jacksonville, Florida against uh, North Florida and JU, followed by a rare midweek conference home matchup against Queens on Tuesday. Uh, quick lacrosse note, uh, Kennesaw State Lacrosse has gotten a commitment from 2025 midfielder Julieta Montiel of Alpharetta High School. Uh, with some baseball news, uh, the Cincinnati Reds selected the contract of former Owl Alan Buznitz on Sunday before the final regular season game. Uh, Buznitz pitched two scoreless innings and struck out Adam Wainwright in his last MLB at bat. Not exactly super impressive, but great piece of trivia for the future. Um, I'm no expert, but I believe Buznitz being on the 40-man roster should mean he's protected from the Rule 5 draft, and that obviously means the Reds see some value there in terms of you know perhaps having him on the roster next season. 
Uh, and some more baseball news. A reminder that KSU Baseball has a fall exhibition at Georgia Tech in Atlanta on October 14th. According to KSUOwls.com, it is scheduled for a 1 p.m. start, and there will be no concessions, but you can bring your own food. I am planning on bringing tons of food and water and selling it at jacked up prices to thirsty fans. No, I'm, I'm not actually doing that. Uh, so bring your own stuff, please. Um, we got some basketball news. Um, flight night will be October 19th in the Convocation Center, um, which is basically like, you know, midnight madness type thing. But, you know, we're Kennesaw State, not Duke. So we probably can't get away with doing it at midnight. Um, KSU fans will be treated to a dunk contest, three-point contest, a team scrimmage, um, free t-shirts to the first 500, posters, prizes, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm not sure who's going to win the dunk contest on the men's side, but I got Carly Hooks uh, on the women's side uh, going down with that honor. Um, also, Atlantic Sun uh, Media Day is October 16th. This is the day when you hear about the preseason rankings and official all-conference teams, all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, that's a day to keep an eye on. You'll be able to see it all over their social media accounts, blah, blah, blah. Um, and this is actually um, on our outline. You guys probably want to like this, but it, it, it just says John Rant. So John Rant, whatever about you want to rant about. But, you know, I don't really have anything to rant about today. Well, not it's yet. It's been a good week. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a good week. So, you know, we're going to do some discussion here, um, you know, Nike versus Adidas. But uh, I'll kind of preface that. We found an old article uh, from 2016 that KSU's, you know, apparel deal with Adidas extends through the 2022-2023 season. Assuming that ended in September, that would mean the deal would be currently expired, perhaps? On September 27th, the official KSU account, I think at Kennesaw State, tweeted out a video with some KSU gear in it. A bunch of clearly marked Nike scarves, um, leading to speculation that there could be a shift from Adidas to Nike, um, being the first shift from when KSU moved from Russell Athletic uh, to Adidas, probably, what is it, maybe been eight to ten years ago, something like that. So, um, you know, just kind of wanted to get everybody's take about this move, and uh, we'll start with uh, Kai. Yeah, I mean, well, nothing's official, and I am kind of keeping my expectations at bay because like they sell, you know, Nike products at the bookstore. They have Kennesaw state Nike shirts. I'm not exactly how that all works. That's something that's always confused me is how you can buy like, you know, uh, an under armor product from a Nike school or an Adidas school. Um, so I'm not going to overreact, but like you said, uh, to our knowledge, the deal is expired. Um, personally, I am an Adidas guy and that's just like with what I choose to wear. Uh, I just think it being European is slightly cooler. That's my only take. Uh, I have no issue with Nike. Uh, if Nike takes better care of us than Adidas does, then that's awesome. I think the school has been in need of a minor rebrand for a little while now. Uh, things look better than they used to. I think especially the basketball uniforms. Um, God, they were pretty terrible uh, just a couple of years ago. Um, so I have no issue with Adidas. I think they've treated us well enough. I think some of our football uniforms are nice. I think with the all whites that we wore last week were great. Um, I think the bigger issue is in things like font and just certain, you know, ways we mix color, but that's all personal. It's all subjective. Um, what do you think, John? Yeah, I just wanted to point out Kai is absolutely right. Nothing is official. There's no official change or anything like that. We're just kind of speculating here. Um, you know, it could still very well be Adidas. We could have extended with Adidas. You know, there might be other, you know, shirts and stuff that Nike provides. 
Uh, we don't know. Uh, but I, you know, that's kind of what I just want to get in to emphasize, you know, not trying to start rumors or anything like that, but it is a good point of discussion because I think rebranding now going into Conference USA, it would probably be the time to do it. Uh, what's your take on Adidas versus Nike, Nick? I was trying to do my best Nick Nolte impression in the background as Kai was going in there, just wide-eyed grin, like, yes. No, I everything Kai said is kind of where I'm at too. Also, um, being the band nerd that I am, Adidas was and has been the supplier for the Marching Owls for the past nine years, and all of our gear is Adidas. So switching over to Nike, I mean, I'm all for it if they take better care of us, but Adidas has taken very good care of us to this point, at least on that end. I know uh, the jerseys, again, could use the refresh. It would be nice, but I'm I'm kind of sitting in the middle. I don't really have too much of a of a preference either way. I would like to stay with Adidas, I guess, if you twisted my arm for it, but I'm I'm really okay either way. Yeah. Just and... uh just going to say just wait till uh they announced that we're switching to Under Armour. Oh, my God. yeah, <laughs> then we're going to have to do another segment on this. That was Do you suck. do you remember the Under Armour craze back in like 2016-2017? I it had a lot to do with them um having Steph Curry under contract when he was like, you know, one of the most popular people on the face of the planet and then it's like you know ucla and auburn signed these massive deals with under armor and all of a sudden they became like a big player in the college apparel game for like two or three years and then everybody kind of realized that um under armor uh sucks at what they do and should stick to making undershirts <laughs> so <It's> under armor <laughs> exactly i mean that's how they started so all jokes just, aside i really hope that doesn't happen that would be I a just significant downgrade. so thank thank you for learning me that um, and, and yeah, I like saying learning me instead of teaching me. So don't, nobody yell at me for that. Um, but yeah, as far as Adidas versus Nike goes, I'm in the middle. I lean much more towards Adidas, but you know, it doesn't affect me personally, but I'll just say, you know, on one hand, Adidas was founded by a literal Nazi. Look it up. Uh, Nike, on the other hand, is well known for their sweatshops and child labor. So, you know, a potato, potato. But, you know, I used to sell shoes back in the day when I worked at uh, Sports Authority, and I found Nike shoes to be cheaply made pieces of crap. Um, they're also built very small and narrow, and I found them uncomfortable. They're like a fancy car with a crappy engine. So, you know, remember when uh, Zion Williamson's shoe blew up? Uh, remember when Mono Ginobili's shoe blew up? Remember when Aaron Gordon's shoe blew up? Remember when Tony Roten's shoe blew up? And like do you remember you. when Andrew Bogut's shoe blew up? I do. On the bright side, we aren't going to big baller brand. So no student athlete's career will be ended. But, um, you know, it, it's better than Russell Athletics from what it used to be. So as long as we're not switching to BBB, we good. John, I, I, think, I think we found our John rant right there. <laughs> I was about to say, John, are you telling me that there are ethics issues with major corporations I, I i'm surprised myself but then That's I, a hot I, take. Just kept, I just it's a hot take i just kept looking and i i just found them yeah i mean while you mention it i whenever i need a new pair of shoes i always go adidas i never go nike but uh to me it's as simple as whoever takes better care of us um i kind of doubt that will be nike just because nike has more schools to take care of but also they're a bigger company and have more money so We'll see. We'll leave it to Milton. Yeah, I'm I'm going to leave it right there and not go any further. But yes, I'll go with you on that, Kai. But um, 
beyond that, we have some, uh, I put Tennessee Tech, uh, Tennessee State talk to do. Um, Brian Bohannon's presser uh, was on Monday. Uh, Kai, what were your main takeaways? Um, the number one thing I left with was, so what What the hell was going on with the snaps? Because Bo said over and over again, it was not an issue at all in practice. Uh, it looked fine before the game. It hasn't been an issue at all this season. Um, and then all of a sudden, we just cannot snap a ball to save our lives. I think um, John Bednarowski pointed out that there were five that were on the ground and two that went over Murphy's head. So my biggest question is just like, so what was it? Was there, you know, a late hand injury to Al Hogan? Was the the ball slippery? Like what what was going on? It, weird, weird moment. Um, other than that, they talked a lot about Markeith Montgomery, which I think is a little bit strategic um, as far as changing the way people should watch this year. All of a sudden, Markeith Montgomery having a great season and having a chance to play at the next level becomes more of a storyline in a year where there's not a whole lot to be optimistic and happy about. So, yeah, I I think Bo did a good job of just acknowledging that good things didn't happen because you know, he's not going to just go out and, you know, throw himself under the bus. But he was like, you know, there were legitimate improvements and they shouldn't be looked over. We had some really nice drives. You know, we we held the ball. We ran the ball really well. We had three guys who averaged over four yards per carry. So there were positives out of the Charleston Southern game. It's just not what people want to hear. Um so as a whole, uh, I don't think there was anything special about the press conference. I think uh, what needed to be said was said. So also want to point out that I, you know, low key, Jonathan Murphy might be an interesting undrafted free agent type uh, project. If a team wanted to, you know, use him, you know, try him out in a different way. I mean, he's athletic. He'll probably get a tryout or a camp invite um, where it goes past there. Uh I, I don't think it gets very far. Um, obviously, I'm going to be rooting for him, and I think it'd be awesome to see Jonathan Murphy as like a two deep, you know, DB <laughs> on a bad NFL team in a few years. Um, it's probably not going to happen. I, I go back to thinking about some of the old Georgia Tech quarterbacks, and only one of them ever really stuck around on like a practice squad roster, and that was Justin Thomas, who was recruited as like a four star DB, so he had talent elsewhere. Um, but it's like the guys would always get signed and, you know, get an invite to like, you know, Cincinnati Bengals minicamp. And then, you know, they'd get their, their two or three pictures wearing an NFL helmet and then you would never hear from them again. So I would love to see Murph get a chance. Will it happen? I highly doubt it. It's, it's certainly a long shot. Um, I just, you know, most people are focused in on him, you know, thinking quarterback, 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 but Nobody's thinking, okay, this guy's a real athlete. Maybe he can possibly, like you said, get an invite to the camp some in some other capacity and use his speed and his playmaking. So we'll see. Um, but I did watch the uh, presser. Um, I took down some quotes that I thought uh, people might be interested in. Uh, defensively, I thought we did a good job of stopping the run game. I thought we played hard and did some good things. We're not creating turnovers right now obviously. Uh, the snap, like Kai said, the snap issue did not come all up all week in practice. And to add, it might be those reasons you listed. It could be a mental thing. After he did the first one, it got in his head and it kept happening again. Um, I both said, I thought the kids played hard for the most part. He said we had 11 critical errors on offense and mentioned, you know, if one of those critical errors didn't happen and resulted in points for us or whatnot, it could flip the game, but you know, it didn't happen. Uh, we had multiple opportunities to win the game and we didn't. 
Um, Bo also said, I thought last week we had a better week of practice. Then something showed up on Saturday that didn't show up in practice. Bo added, we've got to find a way to get a win. And he also praised not only Marquise Montgomery, but uh, Carlos Allen and Tyler Scott, who we, who I saw in person go down with injury against Chattanooga. So it was great to see him back on uh, Saturday. Yeah, I mean, that's all I got on the presser. If uh, I can go ahead and start previewing yeah. Tennessee State. We've got uh, Kai here. He'll preview uh, Tennessee State opponent and Eddie George's team. Absolutely. So as you said, Tennessee State is coached by former Heisman winner or not former Heisman winner. He's a Heisman winner and NFL great Eddie George, who is in his third year as head coach at Tennessee State. He currently holds an 11 and 14 record, but they've shown some improvement year to year, Um, took over a pretty rough situation there. So um, I think the general opinion of Eddie George is still pretty positive at Tennessee State. Uh, They're sitting at two and two on the year uh, with losses to Notre Dame, which you know, you kind of want to write off just as an FCS fan um, and a really, really solid UT Martin team who's currently ranked in the FCS top 25. Uh, and they have wins against a really, really bad Arkansas Pine Bluff team and a one and three Gardner Webb team on a field goal at the horn, something we're a little too familiar with this year. Um, as we talked about a little in preseason last season, they were offensively totally inept. They only averaged about 16 points and they sort of still are. Um, they are again, only averaging 16 points a game, but for sake of discussion, I'm kind of going to effectively eliminate the Notre Dame game this year, because I mean, that's just not a level playing field. Um, they have two quarterbacks as Bo talked about a little bit in the press conferences who have played a lot this year. Draylon Ellis was the starter for all of last year and Davion Bryant has played in three games this year. He didn't play the most recent game, but he's been pretty involved in the offense. Both are quote-unquote dual threats who aren't very good through the air but are decent with their legs. They've both struggled to stay above 50% uh, completion percentage all year. Um, Bo was really trying to sell them as being these great players, and, you know, that's coach speak. That's what you're going to do. You're going to show respect to the opponent. opponent. But uh, they're not great, in my opinion. Uh, They struggle to move the ball down the field, uh, to put it simply. Um, last week they stuck with Ellis. Like I said, they held, uh, Brian out of the game, but we could definitely see both this week. And I assume that they'll just gonna, they're just gonna run with the hotter hand like they've done for most of this year. As far as the rest of the offense goes, it's pretty underwhelming. No player has scored more than one touchdown all year. Um, Jalen Rouse is their top running back and averages just 3.7 yards per carry. Um, and like I said, like everybody else on the offense has only gotten to the end zone one time. Um, John's favorite player from our offseason preview is uh, Karate Brenson. Yes, that is his real name, is their leading receiver with 162 yards, um, but has yet to hit Pater. So when you don't have a guy to throw you the ball, you know, it's hard to blame the receiving core, but there's not a whole lot going on there either. Um, Last year, as we talked about in the offseason, they were lights out on defense. They held Jackson State, the Deion Sanders Jackson State team, to just 16 points. Uh, they only put up three, so they lost that game. But they were really, really good. Um, this year, they're still pretty good. Once again, I'm going to factor out the Notre Dame game. Um, and that puts them at only giving up 19 points per game, which is really, really solid. That being said, they have taken a small step back in the turnover game. They've only forced two all season. Um, their top player on defense is Monroe Beard the third. Um, who is head and shoulders above everybody else uh, statistically, has 49 tackles on the year. And the next closest is 30. Next closest after that is like 25, and they don't have anybody else with over 20 tackles. Um, the more I look about or at how 
TCU plays and what they've had going for them this year, the more optimistic I get. Uh, I think this is definitely going to be another one of these just grinded out slow um, 10 to 7, 13 to 10 type of games. Um, and if we had a steady kicking unit, um, I would feel really, really good about this game because I'm like, okay, we're going to get down in the red zone a couple of times and points are going to be super, super valuable in this game. But we don't, and I don't know what the approach is going to be in the kicking game this week. Um, I wish they asked Bo about it in the presser, but they didn't because um, unfortunately I couldn't have been there. Um, but yeah, uh, like I said, I think it's going to be a slugfest of a game. Um, our inability to put points on the board uh, scares me as always. Um, and it's going to keep me from getting confidence, but I don't think they're going to, you know, shut us out or blow us out by any means. I think this is going to be a very competitive game for four quarters. So that's all I got. Yeah, I'm with you there. And we have the, you know, the home field advantage and, you know, you can't even get a ticket, uh, right now, I guess maybe if you're a KSU student, but, you know, went to buy a ticket the other day, somebody messaged me saying, Hey, I can't get it. Can't get one. And I'm like, are you, are you serious? But um, either they gave them to the corporations or they're truly sold out. So, you know, I, I'm sure we'll see a bunch of empty seats, but I'm, I'm just interested to see what the crowd looks like. Yeah, it should be very interesting. It's homecoming weekend, too. So I think student attendance is actually going to be pretty decent. How long they stick around is another discussion. But I think uh, I think at kickoff, it'll be um, somewhere around what Furman was. So there are different reasons to go to each game. So and it is a 3 p.m. start this week. So, yeah. One other note on Tennessee State is we share a common opponent this year, and that is Lincoln University. So they, they know the struggle. So when when do they play Lincoln? I think two or three weeks from now. Okay. Okay. So is that before us or after? A little before. It's, it's after us. Oh, it's after us. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a very interesting test to see how we do versus <laughs> Tennessee State versus how we both do versus Lincoln. So The Lincoln barometer. Yeah, we can already compare ourselves to Cal Poly and Lamar. <laughs> um, that's some exciting stuff so but yeah that that's that's all i got kai absolutely um so we're gonna touch on a new segment here effectively the midweek update is over that's all we got on that but we're gonna start doing a fan mail or fan email segment at the end of these shows um we've got some interesting feedback from the previous week um if you want to reach out to us and get featured on the show uh, you can reach me at kaimalette at gmail.com um, if you don't know how to spell my name, it's on Twitter. If you really need it, you'll find it. Um, and then John is at thekSUowlhow.com at gmail or thekSUowlhow yep, at gmail.com. So you know our emails are always open. Please reach out if you want to be featured on the show. Um, if you hate us, please tell us why you hate us. You know we'll read it out. We are not immune to criticism or harsh words. So yeah, John. But I know we got some uh, some mail for this week that you'd like to go through. Yeah, absolutely. And you know. Oh, we don't mind hate mail, you know, send away, but at least if it's hate mail, at least try to make it funny or entertaining. You know what I mean? Don't just, you know, use common, common cuss words, you know, mix it up a little bit, kind of, kind of surprise us. Uh, that's what I want at least. Uh, but yeah, there's no guarantee we'll read it, but you know, please do send it. We will, or no guarantee we'll read it on air, but we will read it and we'll probably reply. Um, so we heard from our listener, Alex. Thank you for some uh, quick notes and thoughts. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to kind of read some uh, quotes that Alex sent in his email, and then I will comment on them myself and we'll breeze right through it. So he sent me a pretty long email. So I just took some uh, chunks from that. He said, I just listened to the podcast. 
Uh, he's referring to the Charleston Southern post game. And I will say for me personally, this is one of the best podcasts in terms of critically breaking down the present and future state of the program. Fantastic job. Uh, to that, thank you, Alex. Uh, you heard the man. Go back and listen if you missed it. Uh, it was a lot of hard work for me, Kai, and um, Nick Parada. Both, both Nicks. Nick edited that one. So. Nick, oh, yes. Nick did edit that one. And late at night, too. So uh, we During the layover. During a layover. So I guess that takes takes it away since he had nothing better to do. But still, anyway, thank you, producer Nick. Um, <laughs> and Alex added, KSU's move to Conference USA was the best thing the athletic department could have done to ensure any significant growth financially and for the brand. Uh, my take, I'm pers- John's take, I'm personally very excited about it. I'm not sure how it'll play out in the short term, but long term, I agree with you. Absolutely. Um, Alex also shared some thoughts on the football game. He said, quote, another week with no real progress. The D-line seemed to get more of a push, but the secondary did not really show up. We definitely seem to have much more success running the ball. We seem to have a good one-two punch with Benefield and Clemens. However, the trend continues with Murphy and the terrible passing game. I agree with you with finally giving Bryson a chance. If not now, when? Um, My take, first off, hopefully Gabe Benyard will play one more game in the season, so we'll have a better punch at the running back position um, above Benefield and Clemens. Also, after the podcast on Monday, a few people messaged me, and I can't confirm anything firsthand, but it sounds like the coaching staff, including Chris Klonakis, is in love with Davis Bryson, and he performs very well in practice. Uh, Why they are holding him back and not putting him in games can only be speculation, so I I can't get into it, Uh, but uh, Davis Bryson could be the guy next year. Um, Alex also added, uh, quote, I have come to the conclusion that the entire program as a whole is just trying to get through the season and not really focusing on game results and more so focusing on the future. At the end of the day, we are starting over again, playing a piece together schedule that really means nothing. Similarly to what Kai said during the podcast, the coaches will be selling FBS and and this new offense to recruits and the recruits are not going to be focused on the season's results. It will almost be like the season did not happen. It does suck to have to endure such awful football compared to what we have been accustomed to. However, the sacrifice will be worth the long-term benefits, end quote. Um, Once the decision was made to play redshirt roulette, um, the results of the season were always going to be secondary. Um, You can't say, I'm going to redshirt a lot of our better players for four games and then say, oh, the season matters just as much. It doesn't happen like that. Uh, It does suck to take a step back. A big step back, especially when we were already struggling to draw crowds and are in ACC, SEC country. Uh, It is what it is. Uh, I I say we'll keep moving forward and we'll hopefully get there. And as I mentioned, you know, I want to see progress next season, you know, some kind of progress. Uh, Last but not least, uh, Alex added, I quote, on a side note, Zoltan Osborne has my vote for Heisman, end quote. Uh, you might be on to something there, Alex. I appreciate it. And, you know, you might he might have our vote, too, um, just for the name Zoltan. But, you know, as an Owl fan, I, I'm kind of leaning towards Murphy uh, right now. I just have to. Uh, but no, uh, thank you again, Alex, for sending in the mail. Again, if you have any fan mail, hate mail, any information that you deem would be relevant to the podcast that you want want us to drop. Send it over to uh, Kai's email or mine at uh, thekshuowlhowlgmail.com. And that's all I got. Kai, do you have anything to add on to all of this? Yeah, just a little bit about um, two things. Just uh, Nick wants to talk about Davis Bryson. And, you know, I think he's totally right for that. Um, Maybe we'll see some of them this weekend. Would love to see some of them this weekend. We'll see uh, how the game goes. But 
um, the way he's making it sound like Klinakis is talking about him um, makes me a little bit more optimistic. I don't know. That's like three sources away. So I'm just going to take that as is, but um, I, I trust yeah. where I trust to where I got it from, but sure. not, not, it's not like first thing, like I didn't get it directly from a coach or anything like that. Sure. 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 I'm just saying like, for yeah. me, it's like, I'm getting this from you. Who's getting this from somebody else. Who's getting this from somebody else. Who's getting this from Klonakis. So it's like gossip <laughs> at a hair salon. <laughs> exactly. The kind that I'm interested in though. Um, yeah. And then talk about, um, just the CUSA move. Uh, I think that's important to keep in mind. I know a lot of people are nervous and scared that in myself included, that we're going to make the jump up this next year. And we're going to absolutely stink. Um, like Sam Houston is right now, as I texted you before the podcast, they're currently averaging under 10 points a game and are 0 and four. Um, so it's a real thing to be concerned about. That being said, if we do want to grow as a program, which I guess some people don't, this was the best move and this was the now or never time to make that jump because knowing um, our administration, I don't think there's any chance we pay the $5 million entry fee. And, and, you know, the word growing pains comes to mind as well. So, you know, that could be a real thing that we have to go through because keep in mind, we've only been around since 1963. Like a lot of these schools have been around twice as long as that, if not longer. Right. And people need to realize that the possibilities are pretty endless. Like you look at a school like UCF, who is best case scenario, and I'm not saying this is how this is going to go for us, but I think they were founded as a school um, right around the same time we were around like the early 60s. When they first founded their program, they were D3 in like the 90s. You know, they make the jump up to um fcs at some point i think they skipped d2 entirely who was that ucf central florida oh central florida. okay yeah yeah they made the jump up to fcs and then very quickly made the jump up to fbs um were terrible for a while some things went their way you know they made uh, i think it was a sugar bowl and then they were terrible again and then you know a few years later uh they have a few great great years and all of a sudden they're in the big 12 obviously we want to keep expectations at bay i'm not saying ksu is going to be an sec school in 20 years but, you know, these things have worked out. And if we stick with it and we're patient with the program as a whole, um, the sky's the limit uh, to what as to what KSU could be. Yeah. And we need and we need to keep in mind that, you know, back in the day, we were like community, like a college. You know, we weren't very big when I started at KSU in 2008. I, don't quote me on this, but I think the pop, you know, it was like 17,000. And now it's like 43, 44,000, something like that. So, you know. As we grow and gotten bigger, that means there's going to be more alums, which means there's going to be more people hitting it big, cha-ching, which means more donors. So right now we're kind of in the infancy, which is one reason we don't have a lot of money. You know, we don't we didn't have that many students back then. Now we have a lot of students going through, you know, starting their careers on the younger end. Hopefully once those people get closer to retirement age and more settled down and hopefully hit it big in this economy. Uh, you know, they'll be able to donate more and we'll get more money. Who knows? Absolutely. And, you know, as a student, I'm seeing this happen in real time. It's like, uh, you know, one of the funny things about KSU and how young it is, is we just have buildings that are just named after subjects and not people, you know, like we have the English building, you know, or the the math building. And like we just a few years ago um, had Norman J. Radow, who, you know, put hit it big i'm gonna be honest i don't know know exactly what he does or what he did but he hit it big and just gave millions of dollars to um just the humanities department and now he's got the social sciences building named after him so as you know our alumni base gets bigger and older 
Um, that's absolutely true. And things are not always going to look the same as they do now uh, in terms of our athletic budget. So yeah, good when I started, we didn't even have a dining hall or a calf as they call it. We didn't have a dining hall. And I went on campus, you know, last year and like a building popped up um, kind of, you know, by the across across the street from the cafeteria. And I'm like, where did this come from? It was like a lot that I think I used to cut through um, to get to class. And then there's a building in the way that kind of annoyed me, but I'm glad we're growing. So whatever. Yeah. I mean, heck, Amir used to talk about it and like how he grew up, you know, in Cobb County and it would be, you know, Kennesaw College and it would be two buildings off the side of the highway. I mean, look how far the school has come. Yeah. So. And there's, there's still a ways to go. And that's and that's kind of what we need to keep keep happening. And we might you know, we might stall out a little bit at first. That's my biggest concern because, you know, other schools in Conference USA are going to have more money. They're going to have NIL. So, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, if one school offers a kid 5000 and Kennesaw doesn't, you know, we might have to go for the Georgia kids that get like the in-state scholarships and tuition or whatnot. I don't know what we have to do to kind of even the playing field. But, you know, other schools like Liberty can just throw probably tons of money you know, at the recruits and it doesn't, it's, it, it pisses me off, but you know, you got to keep going. Yeah. Anyways, I think that's all we got for uh fan mail. Is that correct, John? Um, yeah, but we also have the Nicholas J. Mazzaroni marching art center coming in 2045 um, from our producer, Nick, when he <laughs> strikes it big. So just keep an eye out for that. Fingers it's going to be it's going to be funded entirely by Nick's profits from um, Al Chat podcast revenue. Yes. <laughs> so the building is going to be worthless. It's going to be a pile of dirt. Um, <laughs> Nick, did you have anything to add before we get off the, uh, get off the air? Any shout outs, any commentary? Uh, shout out to the marching owls alumni society who is putting on this great alumni event for all the alumni marching owls who are coming back this weekend. I'm excited. I mean, Homecoming is going to be a big event this year. They're also doing a bunch of just general stuff with campus uh, promotion. So there's going to be a lot of people at this game. And I know it's the largest uh, event uh, in terms of alumni that we've had come back from the band. So I'm excited to see uh, Fifth Third Bank hopefully set another attendance record this weekend. You think the band could use a Maracas player? You know, John, it, I, I, let me let me make a few phone calls. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> All right, cool. So if you see somebody playing the Maracas this weekend, just that's me. Just say, hey, you know, I'll probably be in a black or gold shirt. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, anyways, we're all going to be there. Um, so, you know, if I run into you or you run into any of us, um, come say hi, guys. If you tweet us, send us a tweet. Have seen us on YouTube and know what we look like. So <laughs> don't be <laughs> shy. Come say hi. Tell yeah, us, don't feel free to be stalker. Sucks. Absolutely. Feel free um, to be a stalker. That's that's all I'm asking. You know, don't you know, that's it. But yeah, that all being said, uh, we will be back to talk you guys through, hopefully, a win against Tennessee State um, on Monday. See you on Victory Monday. Everybody have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to the Owl Chat Podcast. As a reminder, you can follow our hosts on Twitter at KSU Owl Howl and at Big Owl Blog. You can also view additional content on BigOwlBlog.com. And be sure to join the online community of Owl fans at ksuowlhowl.com slash forum. Until our hosts return, stay happy, stay healthy, and as always, Go Owls!